this afternoon. Welcome to all those on uh, Christian Coffee Time and others. Nice to have you join us. We're going to have a look in the book of Genesis again. Have a look at some things here. See what we can find for us. Uh, last week we just started off with, uh, well, just started off um, refuting some things. Not really refuting, just making some mention of some things that were contrary to the Word of God. But we see in the first verse, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It requires faith. And uh, just as, as we mentioned, uh, um, I think we mentioned anyways, um, the theory of evolution is just a theory where this is, this is a fact written down. It's the word of God. And uh, um, the other is in a religion as well. Because it takes faith to believe those things. But we're going to look at it from the standpoint of the believer here, the Genesis account of creation and such. We're going to work our way up to the flood and have a look at some of the amazing things that God did there. First of all, let's have a word of prayer, please. Father, we just thank you now, Lord, for this time for us to study your word. We thank you for the book of Genesis and help us with this today, Lord. Help me bring these things forth that are here for us. And so, Lord, we just thank you and ask that you be honored and glorified, Father, of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, help us to heed thy word, and we thank you now, and thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. First of all, uh, we mentioned that creation is not a theory. Mm -hmm. The proofs of it are all around us, and so on and so forth. We talked about some of that last week. And, like I said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That requires faith, and uh, evolution is a theory, a political, religious belief system. Um, when we look at uh, the book of Genesis, uh, we have um, every principle that's taught in the Bible has its beginnings in Genesis. Um, so what we call the first mention principle, if, uh, not just Genesis, but if God mentions a particular thing uh, anywhere in the Bible, you see that particular thing will be carried on through, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And it won't deviate, it won't change. Why? Because God doesn't change and His Word doesn't change, but He builds upon it and builds upon it. Um, at last week we ended, actually it's not wasn't on the, the uh, tape of last week, um, was just a note that I added in there after the, the machine was shut off. We'll just touch on it right now. If you look in the book of Genesis, excuse me, all but one verse, I believe, in the first chapter have after, or at the beginning of all but two verses. The first one doesn't have it, and the one down near the end doesn't have it. But most of these verses have the word and to begin the word, mm -hmm. to begin the verse, rather. Okay? And uh, we looked at the gap theory, and some said there's a big gap between. Well, here's something to consider, or something to think about. Uh, the word and, uh, in the beginning of the verses, uh, the word and uh, is a, uh, the Hebrew conjunction and shows a sequential action joining all verses in chapter 1. There's no gap. Because that little word and right there in the second verse. You can go check it, look at it yourself, look it up. The Hebrew conjunction and shows a sequential action, joining all the verses together in one action. Okay? Very interesting stuff. Okay? It's something to think about, and that's uh, uh, there's no gap there. It tightly links all of these together in time. Okay? We're going to look this afternoon at. Um, some principles. Not only do we have the physical creation here and such, but we look at not only um, the uh, uh, um, interpretation of things, but we need the uh, uh, application of it to our own lives and hearts. We look at some of the spiritual principles as well as we go through as we look at some of these things. And here we have in Genesis some of very amazing um, principles for us, some things for us to consider. 
things for us to look at. When we look at the, the Bible, the Word of God, if we just read through, and it's fascinating that what, what we have here is God's Word, but oftentimes there's pictures and it means something. For instance, the Lord Jesus says, I am the door. He wasn't really a door. There's a door there with a window in it. And that, that's, he wasn't like, that's not what he meant, was it? It's, it's a picture to explain something else, okay? something of himself. Okay? We want to look at some principles, some spiritual principles here today. The first one, and I think it's quite amazing, we have the, what's one of the most important things? Actually, you could say well, the most important thing, what's the Bible about? So if you look from Genesis right up through Revelation, there's what they call the scarlet thread running all the way through. It's about Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ. Why? For salvation for sinners. Okay? That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's what it's all about. Okay? okay. So that's what we have at the very first. We're going to look at principles, and principles in Genesis, and we have six of them here which is interesting in itself because six is the number of man, where five is the number of grace, 13 is the number of rebellion, 11 is falls short of that perfect uh, uh, number, 12 <coughs> God, and so on and so forth. Six is the number of man. There's six things for mankind here, and for believers in particular. Well, the first one here is for all people. All right? In salvation, from verses 1 to 3, we have the principle of salvation laid out for us. We have three particular things taking place and happening here, you'll notice, and we touched on it last week. Uh, I guess we did this one, and just, we'll, we'll just pick it up again right there. Uh, the Spirit of God must move. The Spirit of God is moving, okay? And we, we, let, uh, we, we looked at the uh, book of Hebrews, whereby um, the Spirit of God would move upon the people, and the, they would be enlightened, they'd be illuminated. Uh, see, that He would open our understanding to the truth, and then you see what takes place is you must make a decision either to go forward with that truth or reject it. Now the book of Hebrews is about these, there's uh, a number of Hebrews that uh, uh, had received the uh, enlightenment, they understood Jesus Christ as the Savior and such, but they said because of one problem or another, and I won't get into it right now, they were going to uh, walk away, they're saying it's not for me, they're going to go back. The Lord said to them in Hebrews that beware that, that lest there be any among you having an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. So the Spirit of God opened their understanding, but it requires an answer. It requires a response. Okay? He opens the understanding. We can't understand the Scriptures normally by ourselves and by our, our old nature and such. can't understand it. It says that the Bible is spiritually discerned. The Spirit of God must help us understand it. Okay? So here we have the Spirit of God moving upon the face of the waters. But the, in order for the, the Spirit of God to move, and then His Word is spoken. He says, let there be light. So you have the Spirit of God moving, you have the Word of God being spoken, and what is the result? Light enters. It's called the principle of salvation. Nobody's saved unless the Spirit of God comes to them and opens their understanding. Nobody is saved unless the Word of God is present. Well, I was out talking to a tree. And... No, the Spirit of God must be there and the Word of God must be spoken. It's not about the hockey game or anything else. It's the Word of God. It's so powerful. It's a seed. It's the Word of God that power and brings forth life. So we have the principle of salvation right there. Very simple. Very simple, isn't it? Spirit of God moves, the Word of God speaks, and the light of God will enter. And that's what happened right there. Okay? You can take a, a, the um, principle of salvation. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the next one 
And I suppose it's in kind of an order here, or it could be, at least the, the next few are, are in an order. The next, this next one is anyways, in verses 4 to 8, where the Lord uh, divides uh, the light from the darkness, and, and he divides the waters, and he, so there's some below and there's some above. We'll get into that a little later, maybe. Um, this is called the principle of separation. Now that salvation has taken place, separation is necessary. Light divided from darkness, the water separated from below and above. And God's people are light. The Bible tells us that we are light. We are to be separated from the darkness of this world. And either any one of these particular principles and such, we could just spend a bit of time, a lot of time on. You could preach a whole message on any one of these particular things. Salvation is something you find that when you get saved, eh? When you get saved, you just want to, you don't want to do the things that you did before. You don't want to think like you did before. You're going to move away from that. <clears throat> I remember um, when we got saved, and it was quite amazing. I had quite an uh, extensive uh, record collection, and there was a lot of first albums, stuff worth an absolute fortune today. We took some of those things that on their uh, on the covers and such were very uh, demonic looking. Okay, let me just say it that way. Okay, we took those ones like that, went out to the garage, and and uh, two of the oldest boys were just little guys, and we took hammers and axes and chopped them into pieces. It was fun. <laughs> chopped them all up. Because why? Because we're light. We're not to be associated with that darkness. You have in the book of Acts, is it chapter 17 where they burnt their books and such? It's chapter 19, they burnt their books because there has to be a separation between uh, light and darkness. Uh, and I think it's the book of Ezekiel that talks about uh, to, to help God's people understand uh, and separate um, from the things of the Lord from profanity. I forget how the verse goes, but there's a separation there. But you see, that comes right after salvation, eh? The principle of salvation, there you have the principle of separation. And if you have in your heart that you want to, I just want to live the way I did before, I go to church on Sunday, I'll tip my hat to God kind of thing, and you want to just live the way you did and so on and so forth, does that fit in with, no, something's wrong. Something would be wrong there. I'm not saying you're not saved, but I wouldn't want your salvation. <laughs> that don't sound right. If you don't see sin for what it is, mm -hmm. if you don't have a different view of God, that Jesus Christ is something, someone absolutely lovely to you, your Savior, your Lord, your Master, just your best, I was going to say friend, but I don't want to bring that down at all. But you know what I mean? This must be a separation. There must be, it has to be, and will be. When the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you, a change takes place. And I used to use that illustration all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> About if you were standing on the railway track and a train came along and you met with the train head on, your life would be changed forever. <laughs> right? You, when you get saved, you're meeting with something more powerful than a locomotive. It's not Superman. <laughs> it's Jesus Christ, the Lord God. The Spirit of God comes and lives with us and He changes your heart. Changes everything. Eh? The old is done away. Okay, that's the principle of separation there. Then we go on, um, verse 9, and, and down through there a bit for a ways. You have another principle for, the, for, uh, for God's people. The principle of sowing and reaping. You see that, and this also refutes um, evolution. It says that everything bring, in the earth brings forth after its kind. 
You know, God said that everything's going to bring forth after its kind. I heard one preacher say, that's how come you know that when your wife's going to have a baby, she's not going to give a, a, bring forth a 10-pound a bass. <laughs> it's not going to happen because everything brings forth after its kind. People make people, dogs make dogs, monkeys make monkeys, cats make cats. And God says that's, God has decreed to be that way. But you see the theory of evolution and such is against God because that's the other side, okay? It's everything that God says, the enemy, the devil wants to turn it around. And I said it, that's what it is. That's what the book says. That's what God says. Amen. So we have the principle of sowing and reaping. Everything in the earth brings forth after its kind. <clears throat> the principle of sowing and reaping is a natural law in the earth. It's a physical law in the body. Okay? And it's a spiritual law in your life. Okay? Ephesians 6, 8, I think it is. In that uh, if, we, if we say we aren't separated or we fall back into something, you're going to reap something from that. Today, every one of us is sowing seeds in our life, doing things, we're sowing seeds. And we're going to reap either the good or the bad from those things down the road. Okay? Be not mocked. No, not. How does that verse go? God is not mocked. I forget the first part of it. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you shall sow, you shall reap. So we see the principle of sowing and reaping. We see that everything brings forth after its kind. Everything in the earth brings forth after its kind. God had just simply decreed that to be just like that. Um, oops, wrong page. So as we continue on, and we see in the next principle um, from verse 14 to 19, we see the principle of shining. I think these things are in order. There seems to be an order here for us. So you get, uh, you get saved. There's a principle of salvation there. And, uh, and then you have the uh, principle of separation, then you have the principle of sowing and reaping. But now there's a principle of shining. In verses 14 to 19, the sun, the moon, and the stars, God put those up there to shine for lights in the sky, uh, to show for seasons and things like that. And you can look at, he gave the sun for um, signs as well. Remember, we're going through the book of Revelation. We looked at and talked about there's going to become a time when the, the, the sun shall not give its light and the moon shall be turned to blood and the stars of heaven shall fall. Terrible, terrible cataclysmic things are going to happen just before God pours out his wrath upon this earth. But in between those two things, Jesus is going to come to the sky and call the believers out. You go to Joel chapter 2 and look at that. You go to Matthew 24 and look at that. You can go to Revelation chapter 6 and see that at the end of the chapter. That's what's going to happen. But the, the sun's for signs and such. Now, I don't know much at all about um, astronomy. Not astrology. That's just nonsense stuff. Astronomy. About, you know, and I don't know. you got your zodiac signs and stuff. They say that the, the sun has been rising in uh, uh, Pisces for like 2,000, 2,500 years, something like that. And then it'll change, it's moving, it's going to start rising in the next. Did we see a big change in our world? We have a big change in our world right now. It's, that shows us, that stuff shows I don't know much about it. You can check that out. You can find it on, on YouTube and things like that. That's uh, the sun uh, God made to uh, for signs in that too, not only for warmth. It's a sign of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, isn't it? The brightest... Uh, 
thing in the sky. It is a, it's not a star. The Bible never calls the sun a star. You say, oh, you don't know your sun. I'm not a scientist. No, I'm not. I know what the Bible says, though. Uh, the sun is the greatest light. It's a picture of Christ, who is the light of the world. And you see, the sun comes up, comes upon the scene, and it's bright, 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 bright. And then he goes, leaves the scene, and he's gone. But he leaves a lesser light to shine upon this darkened world, which is under judgment, and that's the moon. Okay. He leaves the moon there. And the moon is a dead planet. It has no light of its own. It only reflects the light of the sun. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's us. The moon is the church, is the believers. That's us. We don't have a light of our own. We reflect the light of Christ. When, why? Because in this darkened time, when the sun has gone, he's going to come back sometime. But every rising of the sun and going down is showing that, that he's going to come back. He's going to come back. And that while he's away in this darkened world, the believers are to shine in this darkened old world under judgment. The moon, having no light of itself, reflects uh, uh, the sun's light upon it. A picture of the church. The stars themselves are pictures of individual believers with different positions in the in work, what they're doing and such in their faithful service. If you want to read that from Daniel chapter 12. Verse 3, check it out. That's what it says. Every believer is to shine in this darkened world. Somewhere, some, some may have not as big a job or something else as someone else has to do or whatever, but they're there. Everything means something. Everything's there. The principle of shining. Now, so you've got salvation, and you've got separation, and you've got sowing and reaping, and you've got shining. What's one of the big things that we are not seeing today? Okay, well, besides um, praying and reading our Bibles, it's one of the things that we tend to leave off. The enemy has convinced us that sitting uh, in the world is, 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 is more, uh, more fun or something. Um, but think about the principle of shining. God wants us to shine. And speaking of each individual believer's uh, responsibility to shine to those around about us. Where you live, where you work, where you go, you should be asking God every moment, every, every morning rather, uh, what do you want me to do today? Help me today to be that light that you have decreed that I am. Uh, John chapter 8 verse 12 says, Jesus is the light of the world. And another portion he says that to, to the one, his disciples, ye are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And we are to shine that light of the gospel for those that are in darkness. You just stop and think about it. You don't get anything else out of this here today. You think about that one. And so we're going to stand before God and give account for what we've done in our lives for Him. Okay? And He wants us to shine. It's just a natural thing. And these are natural things. We will naturally be separated. We will naturally... Uh, the sowing and reaping is a natural thing. The principle of shining is just a, a, a natural thing. Okay? And the next one... The next one is just linked to the last one. I did, already did this one, so it's kind of linked together, but I've jumped ahead of it. This is the principle of soul winning. God made the living creatures so that there would be more and more living creatures. Okay? The blessing of the living creatures was to bring forth fruit after their kind, after their own kind. Okay? And people bring forth more people, but they take it for the Christian. 
He wants us to bring forth after our kind. He wants us to make more Christians, okay? He wants us to go and, and bring the gospel to them, take the gospel to them. The Spirit of God may work upon their hearts that they may be born again. And you go read John chapter 15, um, down through there, it talks about abiding and talking about the fruit and such. If we abide in Him and, and this fruit for God is just simply living for Him and sharing the gospel and getting it out there, the blessing of the Christian life is to be fruitful and reproduce after our own kind. So it's so unnatural if we don't do that. It's just not natural, eh? It's not natural. We are the light, and there's a principle here of soul winning. God made the living creatures to so be more and more living creatures. We apply that to through the spiritual life, and the Christians, it's the sheep that make more sheep, you know? Everybody says, well, one guy said to me one time, it's your job to see that people get saved. I said, no, it's not, that's yours. Mine's to teach the Bible. I'm not <laughs> teaching it. That's your job, and everyone, it's, you have a flock, you have a shepherd. Sheep make more sheep. It's the people's job. Get the word out there. Come on. That's the principle there. Soul winning. And the last one here. Oh, this is a short one today. Look at the principle of superiority. Oh, people say, oh, we want to hear about that today. Yeah. Put all kinds of titles on that. I'm not talking about that stuff that people talk about today. There is a superiority. Because God created mankind um, to be superior over the rest of creation. Mankind is made, man is made in the image of God. Cattle weren't made in the image of God. Dogs weren't made in the image of God. Fish aren't in the image of God. God made man to be over all things and to subdue all things, okay? Man was given dominion over the fish and the cattle and the birds and the, every creeping thing that uh, crawls upon the earth, eh? Genesis 1.26 says that. But man lost that dominion because of sin. We lost that because of sin. Okay? We're not in that, that particular place like that today. Um, it was at one time, back before the fall, that the animals were not afraid of man. Wouldn't that be something? Hey? If you look at the Garden of Eden and, and what the Lord's going to make things like in the future, is going to be like the Garden of Eden. You read about and heard about the lion laying down with the lamb and such, not for lunch. <laughs> You're not going to eat it. They're just, they just lay down. They're just friends, you know. We can hardly fathom this because the curse will be lifted and God's going to turn everything back the way it was, sort of like that, you know. And then man's going to. Man lost that because of sin. And we all know that we're sinners. We don't have that, that place. We don't have that place. But God's going to change it. He's going to change things back the way they, uh, uh, the way they were. Um, yeah, well, that's about it for, for today. Uh, just uh, <clears throat> six very simple principles and uh, very basic principles, very necessary principles and things for us to think about. And what this does is helps us to look at the Bible as we read through it now. You go and you, you go through, like, say, for instance, I often use... Um, Noah and the ark, and to see the pictures, some of the pictures that are very obvious there, okay? And you could, if you weren't looking for these pictures and such, you would just see it, and there's nothing wrong with just reading it, you see it, okay? You see what the interpretation is, this is what happened. But how does that, does that uh, apply to my life? Um, the ark, for instance, 
there was safety for those that were in it, safe from the waters of judgment. Okay? Jesus Christ, first of all, that's a picture of Christ. When we get saved and we're placed in Him, there's a judgment coming, folks. You may not believe it. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. Woe unto him who, uh, who wishes for the, uh, the day of wrath and so on and so forth. It's coming upon this earth. The things that they're doing, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And God's going to say at one point, that's enough. And then the water's in judgment. He says, I'm not going to flood it with water anymore. He's going to burn it up. Anyways. But to see the uh, principles and to look at the, um, the pictures in here. So many pictures and things. In the, in the Bible. So we're going to look at some pictures too as we go through some things. So we're going to stop right there. There's a few things for us to look at. Some principles. The principle of superiority, the principle of soul winning, the principle of shining, the principle of sowing and reaping, the principle of separation, and the principle of salvation. It comes first. And you note that it's the very first one. You can't do anything. You can't understand this book. You won't get it unless you first tend to that. The principle of salvation. The Spirit of God's moving. You've heard the Word of God's being spoken to you. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to walk away? Or are you going to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Repenting of your sins. Accepting Christ with all your heart. Read Romans uh, is it 10? 9 and 10? Understand? Do you believe with all your heart? Yeah, I think that's where it is. Anyway, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We thank you for these very simple things that we can look at and we can see, Lord, that apply to us. We just thank you for this, Lord. It helps us to, uh, well, it reminds us, Lord, of some things that, that are necessary, the things that you have set out. It also shows us, Lord, that this book that you've given, the Bible, is amazing, Lord. It's just absolutely amazing. Man hasn't got the wherewith to put things like that together. And, Lord, we know that most people, many people, know that there's something special about the Bible. Even if they don't believe, they know there's something special here because it's your word. It's the word of God. Thank you that you created all things, Lord. That we have a purpose, that you care for us, that you love us, and that we can know, Lord, that everything brings forth after its kind. And all these things, Lord, because you said so. We just want to thank you now. Thank you for this time. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thanks for, uh, for having a view there, folks. And uh, we'll see you... Uh, next time. Thank you very much. Bye now.